Canine Nation eBooks are now available. The first two volumes, Dogs As They Are and Teaching Dogs Effective Learning, are available in bookstores now. More on how you can get them at the end of this podcast. Welcome to Canine Nation Audio Edition. It's Tuesday, April 9th, 2013. Canine Nation is a regular feature column that runs on the Life as a Human online magazine. Life as a Human features articles about what it means to be human, the good, the bad, and the enlightening. This column explores what it means to be human in our relationship with dogs. You can find it at lifeasahuman.com. To get directly to Canine Nation, go to caninenation.lifeasahuman.com. A complete archive of all the Canine Nation articles can be found there. Hi, I'm Eric Brad. Canine Nation is about learning, understanding, and living successfully with our dogs. Modern animal training techniques based on behavioral science can produce amazing results in working with our dogs. Whether your dog is a loved family member or a working dog, a canine athlete, or a trusted companion, Positive training techniques based on science can help you enjoy a more productive and fun relationship with your dog. Join us as we explore the many facets of living with our dogs and taking a fresh look at how we work with them. Whether it's taking a closer look at everyday issues we share with our dogs or busting long-standing myths about training and dog behavior, I hope you find something useful in each of the Canine Nation articles. We're glad you're with us. Now here's this week's installment. Zen and the Art of Dog Training Training a dog can seem like a terribly complex task. The sheer number of books, articles, techniques, approaches, and methods available can seem daunting even to experienced dog owners. There was a time when I felt overwhelmed by all of that information and at a loss to know which methods were best for me and my dog. But learning about behavioral science and about the science of dogs changed all that for me. I was quite surprised that most of what we know about dog training can be explained by some simple principles. If I applied them with some understanding, those principles would take my training farther than I could ever have imagined, and they would even help me create the most rewarding relationships I have ever had with my dogs. What I have not said is that it was easy. Sometimes the simple things can be the most difficult to do well. Much of what I learned about dogs and behavioral science required that I think differently about my dogs. My whole approach to training had to shift from getting what I wanted to teaching and motivating my dog effectively. I always had to keep in mind how my dog was viewing the situation both literally and subjectively. Were they understanding me? Were they frustrated? Were they still interested in learning? Simple concepts, but not easy to keep in mind at first. Some years ago, I read a number of books about the religions and philosophies of Asia and the Far East. Taoism, Buddhism, Zen, and others offered me a very different view of living from what my upbringing in North America had provided me. Suddenly, 
my transition from traditional dog training to training based on science very much reminded me of that cultural difference between Eastern and Western culture. If there were a Zen and the art of dog training, what would it look like? I only had to refresh my reading to find some Zen sayings that neatly captured the essences of how I work with my dogs today. Zen teacher Ram Das once said, The quieter you become, the more you can hear. When I first read books and articles about mark and reward training using a clicker, the instructions were clear that I was to keep as still as possible and not speak to my dog. I was to let her learn and offer only as much guidance as she required to learn what it was I was trying to teach. I was amazed at how quickly my 11-week-old puppy learned not one or two, but at least 12 behaviors in a matter of weeks. By the time she was six months of age, my dog knew more than 25 distinct behaviors that I could cue with either words or hand signals. But my most important discovery was not how fast a dog can learn. By keeping myself quiet, I learned to observe her body language. I discovered how to know if my dog was bored or tired, interested or frustrated, excited or confused. By staying quiet, I had allowed myself to really see my dog and to understand a great deal more about what she was telling me during our training time. 11th century Tibetan Buddhist master Atisha once said, The greatest effort is not concerned with results. One of the hardest things for me to learn in changing how I trained was letting go of what I wanted. Mark and reward training taught me that the process is more important than the results. If I wanted my dog to sit, there were any number of methods I could use to get my dog to put her bottom on the floor. Some might achieve the goal of getting my dog's bottom on the floor more quickly than others, but each method would bring its own emotional side effects to the process. If I focused on just results, I might not fully understand what a particular method was doing to my dog's perceptions. How would it change how she felt about training, about me, about our relationship together, about working with me in general? It quickly became clear that my dog's attitudes and emotions were more important to me than just getting a result. It was more important to me that she would happily and eagerly perform that sit than how quickly I could get her to do the action regardless of consequences. The Buddha once said, A jug fills drop by drop. Behavioral science showed me that learning doesn't come in big chunks, but often in small, incremental pieces. No one can take lessons in designing large office buildings without first learning the basics of math, physics, and science. The same is true when teaching our dogs. To our human brains, things like sit or stay or come seem very simple requests. But our dogs are an entirely different species, with a different brain and an entirely different set of biological priorities. Animal trainer Bob Bailey has said that an animal can be trained to do anything of which it is physically capable. But we might not be able to teach it all at once, regardless of the training methods we choose to use. Mark and reward training 
taught me that setting small, achievable goals keeps my dog motivated and eager to learn. By systematically increasing what I was expecting in order to earn a reward, I could teach even complex behaviors quickly and keep my dog eager and happy to play the training game. The Buddha also said, Do not speak unless it improves on the silence. As teachers of our dogs, we want them to succeed. But sometimes, like over-eager parents, we want to help them get it right when we are training. Following my reading of Mark and Reward training, I tried to use as few physical and verbal prompts as possible when teaching a behavior and to fade out those helpful guides as quickly as I could without losing the understanding or the behavior from my dog. But often, it was necessary to find something to help my dog understand what it was I was trying to teach her. This was when it was important to carefully consider what I would add to our training to help her understand. It was important because anything I added, words or gestures or objects, to help her do that behavior would eventually need to be removed again without losing her sense of understanding. I had to be careful in my choices so that whatever I brought in to help could easily be removed again and not disrupt the learning process. In short, I learned to only prompt my dog as much as I needed and to understand the wisdom that less is more is not just a saying. Sometimes helping is just not helping, and the best thing I can do is nothing at all. 17th century Japanese poet Matsuo Basho once said, Do not seek to follow the footsteps of those who came before you. Seek what they sought. My transition to force-free training based on behavioral science came very suddenly. I was reading several books and actively seeking out articles and discussion groups on the Internet to fill in the gaps in my knowledge. It would have been very tempting to follow the instructions and recipes of others for teaching specific individual behaviors. I'm sure if I had followed that path, I would have gotten quite good results. Instead, I pursued a more thorough understanding of dogs and how they learn. I didn't want to just duplicate what the authors of all those great books had done with their animals. I wanted to discover and learn what they had discovered and learned. I did not want to just do what they did. I wanted to know what they knew. That choice led me into learning some fascinating things not just about dogs, but about other species of animals and even human behavior and learning. It changed how I looked at life and living for the better. There is a Chinese proverb that says, A wise man makes his own decisions, an ignorant man follows public opinion. Eleven years ago, when I made the decision to change how I train, force-free training and behavioral science were not nearly as prevalent in the dog community as they are today. I can only imagine how much more difficult it was for those who pioneered these ideas back in the 1980s and even earlier. For whatever reasons, the dog-owning public still by and large clings to outdated ideas and theories about dogs and their behavior. There is still talk of alpha dogs and pack hierarchies, even though those theories have been disproved since the 1970s. Popular television shows about dogs feature trainers who teach dog owners to control their dogs instead of teach them. 
Dog training classes still teach commands and place compliance as the most important priority over understanding and willingness to work. It takes a lot of courage and resolve to stand against public opinion when you know it's incorrect. What makes it easier is knowing that your dog and your relationship with her is what is at stake. The choice I had to make was whether my short-term desires to get my dog to do what I wanted were more important than the working relationship we would have for the next dozen years or so. Happily, it turned out that I could have both a great working relationship with my dog and teach the behaviors I wanted faster than I ever had before. Positive force-free training, based on behavioral science and learning theory, offered me a better way to communicate with my dogs. And through its simple principles, it also taught me to put many of my own desires aside and learn from the training process as well. Is there a Zen and the art of dog training? Until recently, I would not have considered such a thing. Working with students has shown me that helping them to be mindful of both their dogs and the training process can produce better behavior and better relationships with their dogs. Perhaps the most important thing I am teaching them is that they are the ones teaching their dogs, not me. That it is up to them to find the balance, just as I did, to become effective trainers and good students of their dogs. That the best teacher they will have as they learn dog training is, in fact, their own dog. The books and the articles and the lessons I give them are all good information, but it is their time with their dog that will be the most important. In closing, let me leave you with the words of 13th century Zen master Iyahi Dogen. If you cannot find the truth right where you are, where else do you expect to find it? Until next time, have fun with your dogs. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Canine Nation. You can find the text version of it at caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. Teaching Dogs Effective Learning is the second Canine Nation ebook to be released. It is a collection of essays from the Life as a Human online magazine on how we train and teach our dogs and what we can learn in the process. The book includes introductory notes for each essay, as well as two essays written specifically for this book. Also available is the first Canine Nation ebook, Dogs as They Are, a look at what our dogs are, where they have come from, and how they adapt to our lives. Both books are available in the Canine Nation store in Kindle format, EPUB format for iPads, Kobo, Nook, and other e-readers, or a special PDF edition formatted for instructors that includes licensing for reprints for students. Just go to caninenation.ca and click on the store link at the top of the page. You can also find Canine Nation eBooks in the Amazon store, on Apple iTunes, at booktango.com, and other online booksellers. You can join our discussion about dogs and dog training on Facebook. Just search for Canine Nation to get to our group. You can ask for membership, and we'll add you to our growing family. If you can spread the word about the podcast or link to our caninenation.lifeisahuman.com page, we would certainly appreciate it. That's it for now. Thanks for listening.